Hello, trusty podcast listeners. How are you this week? So Texas is going to have a cold front, but you wouldn't know it at all because it's been positively balmy. I mean, granted, I have been wearing, you know, leggings, and in some case, cases even thermal leggings. But, uh, you know, aside from some evenings, it's been nice. And in fact, right now I'm wearing shorts because the leggings that I was wearing were just stifling. So it's kind of hard to believe that it's going to get down to seven degrees Fahrenheit over the course of the next several days. (laughs) But that's what everybody's saying. So I've gone around and I've covered all the baby trees and I've brought some like different things to the greenhouse to make the attempt to, you know, get it ready. So the things I did to the greenhouse were essentially to take a strand light and it's a solar one and just wrap it around the spine of the, the, you know, the roof. And so there's like maybe a little bit of warmth from that at night. (laughs) And then I, the, there, the grow lights that I bought do not come with instructions that mention how to actually use the timer, how to set it up, how to operate it. Um, so I've just been pushing buttons and trying things and, um, I don't know if it's really working, but it seems that it will be going off in about two and a half hours now and will come on potentially the next day. I don't know. <laughs> That's the goal. So it'll give it a little bit of maybe some warmth from that. And other than that, I hot glued the door zippers this time. Trying tape didn't work. Uh, adding new zippers onto the old zippers didn't work. Uh, the wind just blew it all into, you know, there was just gaps everywhere. And there were some holes that I had cut in the greenhouse last year for allowing trapped insects to get out. And so I've plugged those with plastic and hot glue. And so the thing is fairly well insulated at this point in, in the sense of not having obvious gaps. There's two little gaps at the bottom, you know, where the door flaps, you know, the zippers meet the ground. And I'm not going to really worry too much about it. I'm going to hope for the best. I did get some longevity spinach in the mail today. I went to town in order to pick that up because it had come at the post office and I did not want to, you know, be a horrible plant mom again. But I do question whether it's a good idea to be taking them out to the greenhouse right before such a serious cold snap is coming. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I guess I could leave them in the RV. (laughs) But I don't know. Um, I'll I'll have to talk about that with uh, my my partner because I think he's been out here longer. He might know kind of more what what survives and what doesn't survive. And my thought about a greenhouse is that it's insulative. But I think if it's that cold, it's potentially not. So... I did pot up a bunch of the willows as well. I have that first batch that miraculously did survive at the post office for three weeks in, you know, like a wet towel or something with a plastic bag around it and, you know, in the complete darkness. So good root system development. And I could see the signs of stress starting to show. But uh, they've been sitting in water for several days now in the greenhouse and I decided to take the ones that have cut, have the roots, because the new batch came with no roots, and I put them in the same water, so the root hormone water would potentially stimulate the growth, but it hasn't yet. So I'm gonna leave those unrooted ones in there, in the water, and I made a bunch of 
of gallon you know planters for the rooted ones and I used this time I used vermiculite and uh, um, peat moss I, and I put a little compost in there but it's a totally different mix it's very light and fluffy so I'm hoping that will have an impact on the health and the survival of those as well but it's gonna get real cold so I could end up just losing a bunch again <laughs> so I'm kind of also noticing some sad things. The the uh, beautiful, once beautiful, uh, pineapple guava seems to have died in the ground, and I'm wondering if it was based on the creosote situation, because I don't know what could have happened to it really. It was getting the same amount of water as other things, and I don't know. I just, just slowly watched it die, so that's really sad. When I had gotten, I had ordered two in the mail, and only one of them had arrived alive. Uh, so that was the one, and it basically probably quintupled in size, maybe six times actually. So they sextupled, but yeah, didn't want to live. So that's really sad because it's going to be a nice big edible shrub. So I'm going to keep trying with that. I'm going to get more of them at some point. Um, and then the bacon, the hearty bacon avocado also looks like it's died. And that's really sad, and I believe that has to be because of the creosote. Because it, it doesn't like a ton of water, but I was, you know, I had a clay pot for it. And so, that, you know, it could have, the only thing that could have happened is it got too much water other than the saltbush, the creosote. So it was very much surrounded by them as a form of shelter. But I've, I've learned since that that's not good, actually. <laughs> um... So super sad. This is my second avocado that I've lost. The, they're both been, they've both been quote unquote hardy avocado varieties. And I had high hopes for this one because it had bacon in the name. So man, another another avocado bites the dust. So this this is the way it goes, you know. And um, I've been asking a little bit around, like you know, is this normal for it to get this cold? No, it's not. This is unusual weather that we're going to be getting. So there's that too. Um, my, uh, I had a really nice uh, surprise yesterday. My boyfriend came and just like offered to help me set up all my security cameras and we just like got it done. Like he was up on the ladder while I was covering plants and he was drilling holes in the steel and getting them mounted. And he had some good, good ideas about where to orient the cameras so that they, you know, really basically will show if anybody tries to get into my camper when I'm gone, it'll show their face. And um, also I really wanted uh, to to have it cover my uh, solar shed and the water tank. So now that's all covered um, as well as just the driveway entry point of the property. So that was really good to get that done. I think one of them is malfunctioning. It needs to be reset. Um, but that one's the least important one because it's just pointing over to like the Airbnbs um, that are not being activated right now because they're not listed. Um, but I'd probably need to climb up on a ladder and push some buttons on the actual device in order to get it reset. But everything else working is working, so that's really nice. And <laughs> I guess he's bringing dinner tonight. I was I baked cookies because I was going to share cookies with everybody um, over at his because I'm going to stay. I was going to stay there for the cold snap, but it's uh, I guess I guess we're just staying at my place tonight. So I'm going to have to try not not to eat all these cookies that I've made. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be too hard. I bought them for everybody, so I'll just bring them over tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to hole up and just, I don't know if he's taking a few days off or, or not. I forget when he said he was going to do that, but I think he finished up this job today that he runs his own business as well. Um, 
fellow entrepreneur um, and it's a builder. And so I think he might have a couple of days off, which because working in seven degree, I mean, oh my God, I don't, how would you even do that? <laughs> I hope he doesn't do that. <laughs> It'd freeze my hands off. Freeze your, your skin would fall off, wouldn't it? So anyone who's in Michigan who's listening to this or in Iceland or something, they're just laughing. I'm just like, what do you know about cold? So, um, yeah, and then I got the trees covered with mostly this, like, thick sort of vinyl plastic stuff. And it's it's not perfect. It's not, like, you know, perfectly sealed. So, but I do think it will make a difference. And I'm doing sort of the best I can. I'm of the mind that it doesn't make sense to go crazy all out because if something can't handle it out here in the extremes that do occasionally happen, you know, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's not meant to be out here, but I may regret and eat those words. So <laughs> mainly it's just that there's only so much I can do. And you know how they say, never get too tired, too hungry, too angry or whatever. Well, that's kind of along those lines. I'm going to do um, a good effort, make a good effort and, you know, do something that I think will work and then hope that it works. So. So I pretty much got everything covered. The ones that are in the water boxes, I'm not doing anything with. I've already got some vinyl sort of stuffed in the hole from the last time we had heard there was going to be a cold snap, and there never was. Um, and plus, they're insulated by that water in those boxes, so um, that should be enough. And I've covered like the berries and the, you know, even the vines. I tried to cover. <laughs> I didn't. I ran out of burlap, so. You know, I tried to cover them as much as I could on the trellises. And I think the only thing I have left to cover is one of the southern wax myrtles. And I'm kind of out of material, so I'll have to see if I got, like, some packing material or something I can use. We used saran wrap off of the wood bundles that I had bought for the B&B guests, uh, the camping guests and stuff. Uh, we used that to wrap the aronia, and I don't know if it's going to be thick enough. But uh, I might go over that again. Maybe maybe there's something like a towel. I don't know. I could wrap around it. So, because the, the aronia has done fairly well so far. And uh, I don't want it to die. It's delicious and really special kind of a plant. Um, so, yeah. Um, and other things I'm working on, uh, basically, I'm finally looking into a little bit more um, the business side of some of this stuff um, and just learning and learning how to apply some things to this in ways that make sense to support the work potentially and offer more education and, and resources to other people rather than just kind of a, a, a blog with me blabbing. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting and challenging. And I spent some time on that today. Did not get to the uh, course I'm developing. I was hoping to get to that today as well, but didn't get to it because I had to run to town to get the plant out of the at the post office and ended up, you know, the pumps, the gas pumps were running slowly and, you know, had to get propane. And then some nice gentleman with a lot of tattoos and a cowboy hat pointed out that one of my tires was low. So then I filled my tires and, oh, you know, it's just on and on. <laughs> it always takes longer than you think it will. So, I'm walking. If you can't tell, I'm, if I'm breathing hard, I apologize. But I decided to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, and make a recording while walking and um, get the dog walked before it's really too 
cold and dark to do so. In particular, since I'm not going over to uh, my partner's house because uh, when we're over there, she can just run around. She's not even on a leash or a zip. And she never runs off because it's like fun because there's dogs there and people and, you know, I don't know. She always just runs off whenever I'm just the only one there. <laughs> so when we were doing the work yesterday, we let her off and she kind of hung around and just did her thing nearby. But I'm positive that if he hadn't been there, she would have just run off. It's weird. It's like she's challenging me, you know. She doesn't want to acquiesce her power to the female. <laughs> she's a very strong-willed dog. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I think before I go up this rocky incline here, I'm going to end the recording because I'll probably be breathing so hard that you won't be able to hear me. It'll just be annoying to listen to. But I'm pretty sure that that's the main update that I have. It's going to get really freaking cold and I will have the ability to tell you in probably a week what lived and what didn't and hopefully things live. Putting all that energy into stuff, growing it from seed, only to watch it die. Oh man, that's going to be hard. And I have a feeling it's, you know, it might happen. So um, I'm kind of bracing myself emotionally to go through that. But th that is what homesteading is. It's what living like Little House on the Prairie, man. <laughs> It's not quite little else on the prairie, but because we have modern conveniences, but there's always chores and it's, you know, it's kind of in a, it's basically the Wild West, literally. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I have. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. And maybe I'll add some other segments to this particular recording. I don't know when I'll have a chance to actually produce this. So it may be that this is just a segment. Zombie permaculture is the scariest book you'll ever read. I know that's saying a lot, but it's not only a revelation of what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, it's also true. You can't make this stuff up. Years of research, direct paranormal experience have shown not only does humanity need to know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, we're going to need the solution presented in zombie permaculture if we're going to survive it. Once it knows that we know, it's going to come harder and faster for us, and we're going to need to be prepared. Zombie permaculture will teach you what's wrong and how to fix it. It scared me so bad to do the research to corroborate my thesis, stop writing, for a total of about four years, maybe even five. Trust me, this is not hype. The zombie apocalypse is real, and it's coming. Turns out there's a beautiful solution. It's within our reach and it involves something that I've been doing my whole life. I know this because it's been shown to me through direct spiritual experience as well as the research I've done 
And I can tell you that there is a solution. So after we look at the scary part, I'll show you the amazing, wonderful, exciting part. Humanity has been drugged through the mud for too long. It's time for us to stand up, rise up together, shake off this horrible weight that's been holding us like this down in the mud, and step into our evolutionary journey with this earth in this beautiful, infinite universe.